O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him.
ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with songs, and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The Old Testament lesson for the last Sunday after Trinity is written in the 65th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah, beginning at the 17th verse. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be remembered nor come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a delight, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the voice of weeping and the voice of crying will be heard in her no more. No more will there be an infant who only lives a few days, nor an old man who has not filled his days, for the child will die one hundred years old, and the sinner, being one hundred years old, will be accursed. They will build houses and inhabit them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They will not plant and another eat. For the days of my people will be like the days of a tree, and my chosen will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor give birth for calamity, for they are the offspring of the Lord's blessed, and their descendants with them. It will happen that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. Dust will be in the serpent's food. They will not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
epistle is written in the fifth chapter of the first epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning at the first verse. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that anything be written to you. For you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. For when they are saying, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come on them, like birth pains on a pregnant woman. Then they will in no way escape. But you, brothers, aren't in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night, nor to darkness. So then let's not sleep, as do the rest, but let's watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who are drunk are drunk in the night. But since we belong to the day, let's be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God didn't appoint us to wrath, but to the obtaining of salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore exhort one another and build each other up, even as you also do. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God.
she shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto thee. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel is according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Those who were foolish, when they took their lamps, took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, while the bridegroom delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, What if there isn't enough for us and you? You go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. While they went away to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins also came, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Most certainly, I tell you, I don't know you. Watch therefore, for you don't know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Here ends the Gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace this day from God our Father and our Lord Jesus. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel lesson just read. Matthew chapter 25, verses 6 and 10. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. The bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. So far our text. And our theme based upon this text is, Be ready. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, as you have called us to be your own and you have prepared us for this day may we be ready to receive you through your word as we are ready to receive Jesus when he returns and receive with him the bounty of that feast in which we will experience the blessings of your joy eternally we pray this in Jesus holy name amen while I was never a Boy Scout, I do know what the Scout motto is. Be prepared, or as we read in our text, be ready. You don't know what's coming, so be prepared so that you can respond appropriately. Now, well, some 1900 years before the Scouts were founded, Jesus, in this parable of the ten virgins, said the same thing. Be prepared. Be ready. 
when Jesus returns so that you will be able to enter into the marriage feast. And so as we gather this morning on this last Sunday of the church year, I have a question for you. It's really a question in two parts. When Jesus returns, will you be like those wise virgins prepared to enter the eternal joy of the marriage feast? Or, like those foolish virgins, will you be unprepared and find yourself forever shut out? I want you to think about that. And as you do, let me just kind of put this into a broader context. As I've mentioned a couple times already, today is the last Sunday of the church year. This is why our lessons, in one way or another, focused on the event that will happen before the final judgment and the passing away of heaven and earth as we know them. And that last thing is the return of Jesus, which is the fulfillment of God's promise. And of this promise of Jesus' return, we read, for example, in Acts chapter 1, beginning at verse 9, the apostles and disciples have gathered together and witnessed the ascension of Jesus. And when he, that is Jesus, had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. That's the promise. He who has ascended, he who is seated at the right hand of the Father, working all things for the blessing and benefit of us, we who are the church, he will one day return. Now, his return will follow his victory over Satan and the beasts. Now, those beasts represent all the forces on earth that Satan can, can rally against the church, be they government, education, business, whatever it might be. Satan is busy. He has an agenda. He wants to destroy your faith, or at least weaken your faith to the point where you are no longer effective as a Christian in this world. But Satan will be destroyed. The beast will be destroyed. They will be cast into the eternal fires of hell. And so there is this victory that's described in Revelation chapters 17 and 18. It's described under the general heading of the fall of Babylon. And this victory is going to bring forth a tremendous response of joy and praise in heaven. And one of the neat things is that God has allowed us to be flies on the wall in heaven so that we can hear this great sound and song of victory that is going to come forth. And we read this in chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. And so after this, the fall of Babylon, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, 
for the judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne, saying, Amen! Alleluia! And from the throne came a voice saying, Praise our God, all you His servants, you who fear Him, small and great. The marriage... Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, that is John, Write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's the rejoicing in heaven. After the victory over Satan and the beasts and all those who seek to destroy the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And then they speak, how blessed are those who have been invited to the marriage feast. Now in this parable, and again, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Jesus describes His return as a bridegroom coming to take His bride. Now usually, weddings are times of joy and rejoicing. And so it will be, as we have seen, when Jesus returns. Heaven will explode with joy and hallelujahs. Now with this victory comes the real realization, you might say, or the source of this parable. In Jesus' day, the bridegroom would come to the bride's home and take her to bring her to his home where they would engage in this feast, this sumptuous feast. Now the virgins who were there were waiting for the groom's arrival so that they could escort the bride to the groom's home. Now the lamps, most likely torches, were used in case the bridegroom, like in this case, was delayed and it took place at night. But it was also, it would give a festive feel to what was going on as they were traveling to the bridegroom's home. Now not knowing the time when he would come, the virgins had to be ready. They had to be prepared for whenever that would happen. For whenever the bridegroom would come and claim his bride. Now they waited eagerly with Joyful expectation. I'm sure they were happy for the bride, but they were also looking forward to sharing in the joy of the marriage feast. So this is the picture Jesus is painting for us. The bridegroom is coming, though he has been delayed. The, bri the virgins are there waiting to do their part 
of accompanying the bride along with the bridegroom. They have their torches. Everything is ready. Now it's, it's somewhat like what the author to the book of Hebrews said in chapter 9, verse 28. He wrote, Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. Now, the bride, the, the, these virgins were eagerly waiting. Like I said, not only because of their joy for the bride, but also for the joy that they would experience by partaking in this marriage feast. And so I have another question to ask you this morning. Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus, who is the bridegroom? Are you eagerly waiting His return so that you may enter with Him into the marriage feast? You know, today is the last Sunday of the church year. Next Sunday is the first, the first Sunday of the new church year. We've been in this cycle now for over 2,000 years. After a while, we begin to lose this sense of eagerness and excitement and anticipation of Jesus' return. And so, instead of eagerly looking forward to and being prepared for that day, we just kind of slip into a mode of, well, it's another day, another year, let's get on with it. And I think what Jesus is saying here for us is that we need to be aware of our need to be ready and prepared to have an eager sense of expectation of when He may return. Whether it be today, tomorrow, or another thousand years. And in that time, there's another aspect of life that we have to play, pay very careful attention to. And that is death. Because you see, when we die, if that takes place prior to Jesus' return, that will be the end for us in terms of our earthly life and the opportunities God has given us to come into relationship with Him and to live as His sons and daughters. The author to the book of Hebrews again in chapter 9 says, it is for man to die once and then comes the judgment. So just as I ask you, are you eager, are you eagerly awaiting and anticipating and being prepared for His return, how are you doing with the forthcoming reality of your own death if that happens before Jesus returns? We don't like to think about that. We do everything we can to hide from our thoughts and our feelings our own death or the death of loved ones. But it's a reality. It's a reality because of the reality of sin in our lives. And so, let's be thinking about this. Let's not put it off to the corner. Let's not put it off till tomorrow. Let's think about it today and every day. Who we are in Christ Jesus. How are we living? How is this expressing the promise of God and the fulfillment of that promise with the 
return of Jesus? How are we influencing the people around us in our families, at school, at work, in our communities? Are we the light of hope and peace and joy in the midst of the darkness that surrounds us and the darkness that is in us? And so are you eagerly waiting for Jesus? Now at the end of the book of Revelation, after seeing the many visions of what was to come, the wars and rumors of wars, famines, pestilence, <clears throat> persecution, Jesus told John, I am coming soon. Eager for His return, John replied, Come, Lord Jesus. Why? John knew that with the return of Jesus, all those things, the wars and rumors of war, the famines, the pestilence, the persecution, everything else that is associated with sin and death would be gone, would be no more. As John wrote, there will be no more death, mourning, crying, or pain, for the old order of things will have passed away and all things will be new. Now these wise virgins eagerly waited to enter with the bridegroom into the marriage feast. And I said earlier, it was a sumptuous feast. As a matter of fact, Isaiah, some 700 years before the coming of Jesus, described this feast in chapter 25, beginning at verse 6. He said, On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And He will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of His people He will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken." It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him and he, that He might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let us be glad and rejoice in His salvation. This is the banquet. This is the feast. The feast of forgiveness. The feast of eternal life. The feast of salvation and all the trimmings that go with it. In a few days, you'll be sitting around your Thanksgiving table and you'll see the sumptuous meal that has been prepared. Whatever meat you like, turkey or pork or whatever, dressing, salads, green bean casseroles, you name it. I go for the pie myself. And, and, and so we'll, we'll gorge ourselves and we'll push away from the table wishing we hadn't eaten that third dessert, but we did. And that's just a foretaste of the joy of being in heaven. Because you see, Thanksgiving is not all about food, is it? It's also about family. About seeing cousins and uncles and aunts and whoever else, maybe that stranger you brought in off the street, just to be around the table and to talk and to share and to rejoice in the gifts that God has given you. And so it will be 
magnified many times over in this feast. And this feast will never end. This feast is eternal life with God in heaven. No wonder the angel said to John, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. That is, Jesus, the bridegroom. Now Jesus said that in order to be ready, to be prepared, the wise took extra oil with their lamps. Knowing neither the day nor the hour of Jesus' return, what are we to do in order to be prepared or ready to enter with Him into the marriage feast and be among those who are blessed? Now, since God saved us by grace through faith, what we are to do is to continue to grow in that faith. And how? Well, Paul says in Romans 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. So one would think to be prepared means that we need to abide in His Word. Or as he says in Colossians 3, that we are to allow the Word of God to dwell in us richly, to marinate our hearts and minds in that Word of hope, in that word of peace, in that word of power, in that word of compassion and love, so that we can become more and more the people God has called us to be. And God's word is a living word. It transforms us from the inside out, changing the way in which we see and relate to the world changing the way in which we live in this world. Living no longer for ourselves, but as Paul tells us in Galatians 2, rather living for Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. Now as a result of all of this, we will be eager and equipped to do the good works God's prepared for us beforehand walking in them, living in them. Why? So that we have an offering to God? No, He doesn't need your good works. But as a way to love your neighbor who does need those good works that you offer. And in doing this, you will express your love for God through your love for your neighbor. Now God's Word then is the oil for our lamps. In Psalm 119, verse 105, the, the psalmist wrote, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so, when the word goes out, here is the bridegroom. Come. Come out to meet him. Whether that be the moment before you take your last breath on earth, or your response to Jesus' coming. By means of God's Word, you will be prepared. You will be ready to do just that. Come out to meet Him. Amen. 
And now may the peace of God that passeth all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Redeemed with thy precious.
mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Absolve, we beseech you, O Lord, your people from their sins, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon us, we may be delivered by your bountiful goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic, with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our president, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake. Comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time.
Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and our souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.